0: listening to a little too quiet it's the ferndale library podcast and it's brought to you by the friends of the ferndale library and my name is jeff milo and i am so excited today we have local musician dan cafferty on the podcast thrilled to be here jeff thanks for coming in to the library my pleasure on a gray wintry cold icy day
1: just how i like them yeah
0: <laughs> you have to if you're a michigander uh which we're going to talk about but um we are looking forward to a concert that that Dan is going to be performing as part of a songwriters in the round. We're going to talk all about that. And it was way back in April of last year, actually. We had singer-songwriter Mike Ward here at the library because this library hosts monthly concerts. Dan came up and he, Dan, you're so full of energy and you had so <laughs> many ideas. And the of the ideas you said, you were like, I also... Uh, facilitate songwriters in the round. And I was like, "That we've never done anything like that. I'd love to work toward that. And now here it's finally happening as a reality. So we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about how you got into that. But let's just ask you about you and, and your background. Tell us about you know your life story and, and how and when you started playing music and how okay. and when you got your hands on your first guitar and all that kind of stuff. So this is a six-hour
1: podcast, right? <laughs>
0: Yes, let's go.
1: <laughs> well, I am native to this area. Cool. And uh, I'm from actually from Allen Park, Michigan. So I grew up uh, downriver. And
0: I'll let you guess where I went to college. I can see there is a there is a there is a
1: maize colored M yes. on the sweatshirt. I've uh, worn it every second since we won the game. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a small problem in the shower, but you know. <laughs> and Allen Park, you probably saw the Lions
0: practicing. You,
1: I, you're a football I, I guy. did. Yeah, I did. I did. So. Uh, I started playing guitar actually uh, around eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I've actually never had a lesson. I'm self-taught. Wow. And my my origins into guitar, I had an older brother, four and a half years older than me, that played guitar. And uh, we used to have a lot of family events, and uh, he would play Bob Dylan songs, and he was self-taught as well. But... You know, I love the attention that he got and everybody's singing along. So when he was uh, not home, I would sneak down to his room, take his guitar, open up his books, listen very carefully as to uh, <laughs> for when he comes home. And I would learn Bob Dylan songs uh-huh. and learn uh, folk songs and things. That So then the next time there's a family event, I'd be the whiny little brother, uh-huh. he's four and a half years old. Uh, um, older than me. Mm. And I would say, let me try, let me try. And my parents would eventually let me try and I'd play it. And they were, I was astonishingly g- suspiciously good for somebody that never played guitar. How did that happen? So, cause I was sneaking in his room, of course. Of course and, uh, my brother knew something was up, uh-huh. so one day uh, I got caught, yeah. so I'm in his room, which is in the basement of our house, I am I got a Bob Dylan book out, I'm turning the pages, and all of a sudden I feel a really strong tug in the back of my collar, which is my older brother, and uh, the screams of, Ma! <laughs> uh-huh. So a big fight breaks out and it was mediated that Christmas cuz my mother got me a guitar nice, as well okay. the exact same kind of guitar he got. All so that right. was kind of the origins of it. Uh when I told you 6 hours I wasn't kidding. I, no, no, right no, no, right. Uh so uh But it does sound like you were
0: uh drawn to that energy yes. of well like and I did want to ask about folk music cuz I cuz I know that you you touch into a lot of different genres yeah. but anyone who sees an acoustic guitar they think folk music but it does seem like you were kind of turned on by that energy of 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 everyone kind of gathering around and listening and you might not always get that with punk or rock but yeah. folk is, has that intimate quality yeah. traditional ballads all that kind of stuff yeah
1: yeah ab- absolutely the energy and yeah. the fact that it makes people happy and That's people right. are singing uh, so I was definitely drawn to that. So I played in some, got an electric guitar in high school and played in some bands in high school, learned a lot at U of M. There was a lot of people that played. People would, uh, go to the Diag in the center of campus and sit around and play. So Classic. we had a, a lot of fun there. I played in some post, uh, um, post college bands for about 10 years mm-hmm. in, uh, mostly in the Downriver area. And, uh. I I was uh, a little bit light in music for years when my kids were small, mm-hmm. but uh, I, about 20 years ago I really got much more into ri- the writing portion of and performing my stuff as opposed to covers. And I had a, a pretty large portfolio of music at that time, and uh, so uh, I uh, I did. I'm part of a songwriting organization as well. And uh, I started making records probably 2009, and I'm currently uh, working on my fifth album. And I do this full time. Nice. So I had a, another career for yeah. many years, but this is uh, this is my life now. Nice.
0: And,
1: uh, uh, t- I mean, tell us about some of maybe your other influences
0: uh, beyond Bob Dylan or even just other people that you really like to cover early on.
1: Oh, I have so many influences. <laughs> oh, God. Um, love Steely Dan is my all-time favorite band love Steely right. Dan the orchestration just very the, uh, intricate the uh, interesting li- and unusual lyrics mm-hmm. um, Steely Dan is uh, one of the things that uh, Donald Fagan will say is that uh, that they've never really written a love song before and right. I'm, I'm kind of not too far from that okay uh, sure. Um, I think Ricky, don't lose that number. It's probably as close as they get to a love song. Yeah. I love us, uh, Stevie Dan. I love jazz, traditional jazz. I now have a six-piece jazz band Whoa. that plays here regularly, the Hot Rod Cherries. So, uh, um, I definitely love traditional jazz and blues. Uh, I like S- Stevie Irwin, of course, the Beatles, the Eagles, uh, Fleetwood Mac, a lot of classic rock. Uh, rock folks. I grew up with uh, Fogelberg, Dan Fogelberg and Bob Dylan and uh, a lot of the singer songwriters from the, the 70s. So I have a lot of a lot of different influences. Paul Simon. certainly. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. How and when did you start uh, diversifying? Because I'm just being devil's advocate. I think that popular perception is that you can't get much farther away from folk uh, than jazz.
1: It's like a whole spectrum jump. I've just, get- I've just always had, an, cool. and, uh, I've always been diversified from yeah. the beginning. Probably from my father because my father had a diversified uh, interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really liked jazz and mm-hmm. folk. Um, he wasn't as much of a rock guy, but of course, I had a lot of rock influences from my peers growing up in the late seventies, early eighties. Oh, yeah. You know, rock. If you look at all the, uh, what all the top 10 songs or so many of them were rock songs back mm-hmm. then which is of course no longer the case so mm-hmm. it was the dominant pop music of the time sure so uh, i certainly had those influences and i played in a lot of of rock bands never heavy metal bands yeah. just just more classic rock type bands so i certainly have that influence as well
0: what do you think if 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 we haven't covered enough of it i would just make a statement in lieu of a question that says it does seem like you're really drawn to songwriters Absolutely. To, to put yes. it simply, <laughs> yes. uh, storytelling uh, or even just interesting ideas, a lot of effort put into the lyrics. Yes.
1: And that's one of the things in the last 20 years being part of a songwriting organization and really studying independently on my own songwriting is the whole storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. You have much like a, a short film or a short story or you have... A small amount of time to really set up the characters, have a story and have it come to a conclusion. But the challenge in music is to tell that story. You've got three minutes to do it. Right. And you may have 100, 150 words to do it. So you have to set up the characters and set up the story and... uh, Develop any type of suspense where somebody mm-hmm. wants to hear what happens at the end. You got a very sh- short amount of time to do that, so it takes a lot of craftsmanship to do that. And you like that challenge. I love oh, that yeah. challenge. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: But what about jazz? What draws? What drew you to jazz? I mean, and even and even Steely Dan in general often has the word jazz floating in their orbit, right? So, like, yes. how about that?
1: Uh, certainly, my dad yeah. had had a lot to do with that. My brother also beyond. Learning initially on Bob Dylan was really into jazz, so I, um, I really uh, absorbed that from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, during my high school years, he looked very down on the rock and roll that I played because uh-huh. you know that's just this lower level right. music, right. and you got to play Al Di or you got to play John McLaughlin or yeah, some yeah. of the jazz yeah. greats. Otherwise, you know, it's worthless. That so <laughs> it was kind of his, and I didn't necessarily see it that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I've come to have an appreciation really for all forms of music. The one, the one area where I didn't have a lot of history with was country music because mm-hmm. that wasn't played much in my house growing up. And of course, as I mentioned, growing up when I did, rock was really the dominant dominant form or dominant sure. dominant genre. Um, that then eventually, as you may remember, although you're much younger than me, but uh, there was the crossover country uh, uh-huh. where uh, it wasn't true country, it was a little bit of rock into it and it became really uh, uh, pop music. Sure. You know, on a on a uh, national scale. Um, I have developed much more of an appreciation for country music. So uh, there, there's really not a genre that I'm not, uh, I don't have a, yeah. a great interest in now. Yeah, well, certainly
0: uh thanks to my parents uh Johnny Cash was always played around yes. the house a lot. I think yes. that's always a good gateway to yes. the country world I think
1: boy named Sue,
0: yeah, that exactly that was my yes. mom's favorite <laughs> uh but uh let's talk about um the let's talk about songwriters in the round and and maybe just kind of explain how that kind of flows for people who've never been to one of those before
1: so songwriters in the round it is my favorite format it is it's uh it's really wonderful, especially with the great people that we're going to be having here yeah. on February 18th, yeah. um, is from a performer standpoint, it's just nice to be able to have somebody on stage to interact with mm-hmm. and uh, and for the audience to see that kind of interaction. And Steve Taylor, who is one of our, our performers on the 18th, him and I have done a number of shows together, and we have a tremendous amount of fun. Great. And... You can't have that same amount of fun when you're up there by yourself. So yeah. from a songwriter perspective, it's enjoyable. And when you're having a lot of fun, the audience has a lot of fun with you. Uh, so I've done a number of, of these. It's part of in the community that I'm a part of. It's something that's pretty commonly done. Yeah. And one of the things that's really interesting about putting a group together is you want to have some diversity to the group that you have uh, in every way. Just sure. just uh, so the styles are all a little bit different, and when somebody we go from one performer to the next, you're hearing a different style and a different take, um, and uh, that's one of the things that we'll see uh, we'll see on the 18th is, yeah. uh, is our styles are are, are are all a little bit different.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But yeah, complementary.
0: Yeah, I'm well, looking forward to that. Uh, uh, Emily Rose and Michelle Hill will be here, and. I don't know tell me about your just your feelings on michigan i think that uh establishing or uh having a family here is obviously going to keep you here uh you can obviously just comment in general about what keeps you here in michigan but i was just going to comment in general about how subtly and perhaps uh slightly undersung or unnoticed is that there's been just an amazing i'm not gonna even just say just folk scene but just a singer-songwriter scene here in Michigan, even if we're gonna have C Taylor you Michelle held Emily Rose, but like we've mentioned Mike Ward mm-hmm. uh there's Audra Kubat out there there's Chris Bathgate. there's so many amazing songwriters here uh which I'm sure you've you've seen you've been in of that course. galaxy I don't know what I don't know what's literally in the water around here
1: <laughs> no it is uh, first of all I love the state of Michigan yeah. I am a i I rep the state of Michigan at every opportunity. I think this is a phenomenal place to live. I don't ever want to leave. Me neither. Is my wife going to hear this yeah. podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to leave. Uh, she likes warmer weather. I actually like the change of seasons. Me I have too. no no trouble with yeah. the, uh, with the um, uh, cold. Sure. I- I'm not in the least bit. Even though I'm not a skier, but I am a hockey player. Sure. Um, but uh, that's one of the things that Steve and I, when we play together, we go back and forth on because mm. I actually like the winter and Steve doesn't. So, <laughs> so we make fun of each other that's a lot. Great. That's uh, great. And I actually have a song that I'll play in the 18th that's a direct response to one of Steve's uh, songs about the winter. So,
0: and that's what you get to see is the dialogue yes, between the yes. artists who are up there on the yes. stage. Uh, but, you know, we have... Uh, obviously libraries are great places for this but we also have a lot of people know the ark in ann arbor or they know 20 20 front street uh way up north here in oakland county there are uh and there's always just so many great smaller venues and coffee shops that are dedicated to that wonderful i always say intimate experience where you know the the amps aren't exploding or anything and there maybe isn't you know a uh Motley Crue-esque drum kit on stage. It's just a chance to really engage with the artist. And I think those are wonderful uh, opportunities. And it just seems like there's a, a really healthy amount of them around the state. And I'm really happy for that.
1: There really are. Yeah. It goes on. And it's not just in this area. There's so yeah. many festivals around the state that are have just spectacular players mm-hmm. and uh, great Audiences. I yeah. played at the Earthworks Festival oh, nice. uh, in, uh, if you're familiar with that, yeah. and all Lake City, and Emily played there as well, and Audra mm-hmm. played there as well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and Dick Siegel was there. If you're familiar with Dick Siegel oh, yeah. at all, yeah. so that was uh, that was just a fantastic fantastic time and great audiences and people that are songwriters like myself really appreciate audiences that want to hear and venues that provide the opportunity for to perform mm-hmm. original music mm-hmm. and i thank you for, for oh, yeah. you, what you do yeah. um in music there's a lot of, of gigs and music that uh um i call them wallpaper gigs okay mm. Mm. okay it's, yeah it's where you're there to play but mm-hmm. nobody's really listening and right. they if they are listening they're listening for little tiny clips yep. and when they're listening, they want to hear something familiar, right? You know, they want to hear. Uh, they
0: want to hear "Blown in the Wind" or whatever. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. they want to hear
1: something, um, a cover song. Yeah. Because they're not really listening. Right. Right. So I call it a wallpaper gig because you're part of the scenery. You're not. You're not really. Um, um, you're. You're nothing different than a picture on the wall. You know, you're providing and an atmosphere.
0: There may be a television in the corner.
1: Yes. Yes. Competing. Yes. Oh, I've been there before where there's, now I'm I'm the world's biggest sports fan, so I shouldn't (laughs) complain. But if I'm up there playing and everybody's turned to the side looking at the screen, Uh it's not very much fun. Yeah. So anyway, artists like me really appreciate when venues provide that opportunity and we can reach an audience that is coming there to hear you play and to hear something that they haven't heard before. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, And, and sometimes... Uh, an artist will get here and they will be at first and then they adjust, but they're almost overwhelmed by how attentive the audience really is yeah. because they have been at too many of those other gigs. And when they get to the library, they're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're all actually listening. This is a new experience for me.
1: Yes. Some people do get nervous. Yeah. By that. They feel, they feel, uh, better yeah. if nobody's really listening. I'm actually the opposite. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, opposite.
0: did you have stage fright early in your career? Yada, yada. Were you good on stage? How? No. What was that experience like for you?
1: Uh, it does take time yeah. to get on stage and yeah. to get a comfort level on stage. And uh, I know a lot of people, uh, it takes time to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to learn songs to the point where they just come out of you and Uh, you don't really have to think they're just there. You have to get to that point and it takes practice to get to that point. Um, But there are, like I said, there are some people that um, they don't, they're uncomfortable or they're more nervous when everybody's listening to every single thing they do. I am the opposite. I'm more likely to forget a lyric or make a mistake when nobody's listening. Interesting. Because you're in your own head or something, I guess. Because I know that, People aren't really listening, uh-huh. and my mind starts to go. Huh? I gotta take the garbage out when I get home. <laughs> in the middle of a song, you know, and then wait a second. Where am I again? Right. So, and that that doesn't happen right. when you're looking audiences in the eye. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So you'd kind of like that pressure.
1: Yes, you know? absolutely. It's that, what we kind of live for that, you know? Yeah.
0: But. Uh, and I guess, uh, tell me about more of any of the, any of your other projects that you've been working on that we haven't touched on yet. Um, or even just some of your recent albums, things like that.
1: Great. Um, well, one of the bands I'm really proud of is the Hot Rod Cherries. We are a six piece jazz band. So the saxophone, a trumpet, harmonica, and myself on guitar and vocals, Excellent. an upright bass, um, drums and a keyboard. Mm-hmm. So we play um, probably about 20 gigs a year. And we're a monthly event at Michigan Wine by the Bottle. I'm sorry, so am I allowed to to bring up outside? Sure, tennis? of course. Okay. Michigan Wine by the Bottle, the second Saturday of every month. So mm-hmm. we play traditional jazz, Gershwin, Cole Porter. Nice. Th- that, that type. And we just have a blast. And cool. we have a nice little following. And uh, Uh, A lot of fun. I've always wanted to do something like this, and this Mm -hmm. opportunity uh, came along, and two of the members of the group are part of my songwriting organization, and uh, so we have a lot of fun together, and so does Mm -hmm. our audience, and we play traditional jazz, but we also... uh, we'll bring in some popular music and do jazz versions of popular music. Awesome. Like we do uh, like Use Me by Bill Withers and Superstition and things like that. We actually also do Rock This Town by uh, the Stray Cats, you know. Um, so we're, we're not too heavily jazz. Um, and uh, when we play at to Michigan Wine by the Bottle. There's no cover. So we have a lot of people that uh, will come to see us and say, my God, this is free. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to pay 25 bucks to go to, sure. the, I don't want to mention any other locations, sure. but, uh, and uh, so it's, it's popular. They do allow outside food and there's a pizzeria next door. So a lot of people will order a pizza and just mm-hmm. come in and order wine and watch us play. So oh. that's, a, that's a lot of fun.
0: Well, I, but I also think that once those audiences get into those spaces that are offering a free show, they are much more appreciative. And I think that opportunities like that and opportunities like the library, it shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be overlooked that they're wonderful opportunities simply to meet your local artist, which I consider, you know. Even if you're in Troy or if you're in Wyandotte or, or what have you, if you're basically, if you're in Southeast Michigan, I consider you a neighbor. I think it's wonderful opportunities to come into these venues or a library and, you know, enjoy the show. And then after, come up and chat with the artist. Literally get
1: to know them. Do your own, Do your own podcast with Dan on the spot, you know, like. No, we love that. Yeah, absolutely love that. Uh, I know at the Michigan Wine by the Bottle, I usually try to talk to everybody afterwards. And, you know, we're not rock stars. We we don't have handlers or anything. We're not we're not, uh, you know, bothered by the paparazzi. Right. We're totally fine with uh, with chatting with everybody. We want Mm -hmm. people to have fun and to come back. Yeah, exactly that.
0: Uh, anything oh just tell us about your uh, maybe your most recent album that you were working on.
1: so I'm currently working on my fifth album and one of the things that I've done with my albums mm-hmm. is I use the recording process I sort of look at it as a kind of a canvas and for a, a painter that I'm sure. going to try to do as much as I possibly can with this with what I have available to me which is the uh, a recording studio mm-hmm. to, to produce the best product that I can. Mm-hmm. I tend to make, uh, it's funny, we talked about influences. Yeah. People talk, uh, when they hear my, my past records, they've uh, said it reminds me of Steely Dan and the Eagles, which is funny that those are two of my... Right. I, I don't think any of the songs sound like any Steely Dan, or, but uh, I do like horns. Sure. So I have horn sections on two of my first three albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually have... Uh, the wide genre of music that I'm interested in is in reflect is reflected in my records. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sometimes it doesn't sound like the same person from one track to the next. Uh, I will do some instrumentals. I will also have a you know a rock tune. Um, my first three three records I put one uh, heavy metal tune nice. on, on uh, each of the records, and, and the same record has a we'll have like a jazzy blues. <laughs> So it's Possible. a it's an odd it's an odd mix. I did have It's uh, eclectic, eclectic. I mean, eclectic. Yes, I think I love. I should shouldn't That's say odd. Word. Odd is a negative word. Uh, eclectic is much. It's in better. the synonym, yes. synonym family. Okay, yeah, but it's much more positive. Yeah, so, um, I did have uh, on my first record. Actually, I did have uh, a, a blues song that got a lot of airplay. Nice. So actually, national airplay on uh, XM Radio. Nice. So that was. Uh, That was fun um, and unexpected, and the first time that uh, I heard it on the radio with my own ears, I'm driving my son back from swimming practice, and what he was used to hearing is me putting the CD in that Mm -hmm. had the rough mixes, and Mm -hmm. I'd be listening as I'm driving down the road on what I need to fix to finish (laughs) it, so he was very accustomed to me doing that uh, as I'm driving him around, and uh, so, (laughs) <laughs> the uh, on, on Bluesville XM Radio. Yeah. The says now here's a song from the latest album from Dan Cafferty, and my first thought was not. I'm going to be on the radio. My first thought is, oh my God, this guy has the same name as me. I hope he's good. <laughs> and then the album, then the the, the song came out and yeah. it was me. And it's and so, not rough. Yeah, it, it was. And it, it. Uh, so I said to my son that, uh, hey, listen to the listen. And he here's the song he heard before. Mm-hmm. And I had to take the CD out and say, it's not, this is not my CD. That's right. This is actually on the radio. So that was fun. Yeah. It was fun. So those were my, uh, my first uh, three albums. The, the one that I'm making right now, um, the reason I described how I handled the studio is when I'm, what I'm doing in the studio is not easily reproducible, especially with me and an acoustic guitar if I have all these horn sections mm-hmm. and things. So with my last album, uh, my next album, the one I'm working on now, I am playing, uh, recording songs that I play live mm-hmm. a lot more frequently and a lot of the ones with humor in them and a nice. lot more stories in them. Great. And I had this issue uh, when I'm going through the booking process is, well, let's let's hear what you have. And I have these recorded albums, but they're very different from the, the songs that I play live mm-hmm. and how I play live. So I'm trying to do a better job of capturing how I play live and having the songs with not so much instrumentation and, uh, and also to have more of the, the humor songs. Nice, but, yeah. Emily Rose
0: is, is big on that, too, or just yes. having a bit of a bit of that energy. But I just I guess, wanted to ask more, because since he seems to be uh, uh, a close friend of yours and contemporary Steve Taylor, I was curious how you guys met or how long you guys have
1: known each other. So uh, I haven't known Steve for that long. Okay. We've sort of known of each other yeah. for a while. Uh, we had a common friend, a local musician from Royal Oak, Maggie McCabe. Okay. Um, and uh, so we had this common friend. I had talked to Steve periodically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve is uh, is um, a graduate of Berkeley oh, in yeah. Boston, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he's very well accredited mm-hmm. uh, for musically. And uh, so uh, Steve and I actually got paired together at the Trinity Theater ah. um, independently. We didn't work it out. Another great venue. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, I played there quite a bit. It's a, it's a special place right. to me, the Trinity House Theater. And uh, so we had a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. So Steve hosted at Berkeley Coffee. He used to host a songwriter, uh, a songwriter in the round. So he's invited me to do that on a few occasions. Excellent. And we've been to each other's gigs. I just saw him uh, play a couple of weeks ago. And nice. uh, um, so we have a really good rapport together. We have similar senses of humor and we have a lot of fun on stage. So, uh, so he's got uh, his band, uh, the Steve Taylor Three, and he plays he plays out a lot too. He's really uh, really a hard working musician.
0: Nice. And then I just couldn't resist. Do you have uh, hopefully not too cheesy of a question here, but do you have any advice out there for aspiring songwriters or anyone who's really just getting started and may or may not be experiencing frustration or or, or just ennui in general.
1: Well, my first advice is to join a songwriting organization. There's plenty of them out there. The one that I'm a part of is called Songwriters Anonymous, and we actually meet monthly at the Trinity House Theater. And And you just work on it. It's a craft. It is a craft. Work. And and also, um, it is something that uh, my friend Dan Hazlett says it's it's a lonely job writing a song. You're just you there working on it. And, Into the ether, and yes. you just don't know, yeah. And song Songwriters Anonymous is a non-critical, you know, we don't criticize each other's songs. We support each other, because mm-hmm. we all have a common interest. And uh, that support can be really important. And plus, uh, you hear what other people write. You, We have um, sessions and educational sessions. Sometimes we teach each other um, things that we've learned about mm-hmm. songwriting. Uh, there's also many uh, retreats that are out there. Oh, yes. The the lamb retreat is, I've never done a retreat personally, but um, a lot of people do them. And that's, yeah. in my organization, a lot of those people met each other through retreats. Mm-hmm. So my the organization I'm a part of is free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just show up. That's and great. we do a show every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had many bands that have, have uh, come together from knowing each other. Mm-hmm. And it but more importantly, it just be, it provides you support and uh, you can get advice from people if you want it, um, but. Uh, that is the whole thing,
0: whether whatever it is in the arts, whether you are, uh, I know you use canvas as a metaphor, but just if you're a visual artist and you have a blank canvas, or if you're a writer and you want to write a book or a song and you have a blank canvas, it's, it is lonely. And that's yeah. daunting, that's intimidating. Yeah. So I think it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything before I ask you my wrap-up question today? We, Do we leave anything else un, un untouched about your your story, uh, or anything else we didn't cover? Because I know you have your you have a lot of pots on the stove when it comes to. I know.
1: have other bands. Yeah, of course, right. <laughs> so let's uh, shout them out. So I have a band called All Grown Up, and we're primarily a rock and soul band, mm-hmm. and we play a lot of festivals. We play uh, arts arts beats and eats every year excellent we play taco fest oh yeah and we do winter blast and things like that and uh so we do mostly covers we do some of my material but Mm -hmm. uh for the most part we're also busy and i'm busy with so many i'm split so many different ways that we don't really have a lot of time to to really uh nail down some of the originals but we have played some of my originals i also play uh as part of a three-part sort of a, a power trio which is kind of a you know, we'll do some old three piece rock songs like, uh, cream, cream. Or- exactly. Mm-hmm. We do a bunch of cream songs, power so. trio. And then cream yes. just comes yes, to mind. That's it. That's it. So, and Hendrix. So, well, uh,
0: <laughs> I was going to make a, uh, uh, what was that curmudgeonly drummer Baker in the cream? Uh, anyway, G-
1: ginger Baker, ginger Baker. Yes. Hopefully
0: your drummer's a little nicer than ginger, <laughs> ginger yes. Baker. Uh, I was also going to ask hopefully again not too cheesy but what you and maybe this answer has changed over the years uh but currently what it is now like what what do you just enjoy most or find most fulfilling about not songwriting because I feel like we've covered that but performing um especially when you have an engaged crowd like what do you enjoy most about that kind of thing? just
1: the fact um that making people happy yeah I mean, music man. music is uh is life it's yeah. it's, it's it's sort of part of being alive and when people are into it and you can do something that actually makes somebody's body move, you know, that's, that's enjoyable, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe even just pluck their
0: heartstrings a little bit, you know, get them to ruminate Uh, and anything else in general that you're looking forward to about February 28th here at the library.
1: I just can't wait. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm, I have two or three songs that I've written specifically for that event that oh, I'm really awesome. looking forward to playing. Well, and I'm looking uh, forward to the winter song that you're so, going to throw at yes, Steve. Yes. He hasn't heard it yet. Yeah. But
0: uh, I, I know you're on Reverb Nation. Anywhere else people can find you or get in touch with you or or anything else about you want to shout out anything else?
1: Reverb Nation, all of my records are on YouTube. Nice. So if anybody wants to hear them for free. They we'll can, have links in the show notes. Yeah. They can uh, go on YouTube and look up Dan Cafferty. A lot of times when you look up Dan Cafferty, the former singer of Nazareth, is Dan McCafferty, right? Who passed away not too long right. ago, but sometimes he comes up when you search. But uh, you scroll down a little bit, I'm I'm there, and uh, and I have probably forty songs on on YouTube, and I'm available in a lot of other, pretty much every other place. Uh, um. SoundCloud and yeah. and uh, CD Baby and there's a lot of different places to.
0: Well, just like them. your just like your sweatshirt uh, implies, you'll always find if you search Dan Cafferty, Michigan, you'll probably get the right songwriter. You for probably sure.
1: you probably will. Yeah,
0: yes. Dan, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Really appreciate what you do, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, folks at home, uh, info in the show notes, including links to find more music from Dan. But mark your calendars for Sunday, February 18th, here at two o'clock. Walk right on into the library, just like that other jazz event. It is free. Walk right in, get comfortable, enjoy four amazing songwriters interacting with each other, performing, interacting with you, come up and say, hello. I think it's wonderful. The show is brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale library. This podcast is brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale library. And we thank them and we thank you for listening and shout out to John Duffy for giving us intro and outro music. Please remember to rate review and subscribe and maybe tell your friends about this podcast. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.